Good morning, family. Get this thing off. That's funny. <laughs> right? Well, hey, my name is Emmanuel. I'm the young adult pastor here. And my name's Andrew. Oh, my mic is not on. And my name is Andrew, <laughs> and I am the junior high pastor here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we have the privilege this morning to continue on in our series, um, the family, the family yeah. of God. And if you're watching at home, I know you might got some bacon and some coffee. Uh, <laughs> tune in a little bit, like lean in a little bit, because we're going to talk about what it looks like to be a part of the family of God. And, yeah. and before we move on, um, I just want to start, start by saying um, how much we love and honor the fathers of this house and yeah. being Pastor Keith yeah. and Pastor Arlen and Mama Coco and Lord. Can we clap, clap up for them really quick? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for trusting the, the young guns uh, yeah. to be up here on a Sunday morning and, yeah. you know, passing with the proclivities and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you, something about you right there, you. Yeah, but no, I, I had to throw out there. The I know he's down. watching, but, voice but seriously, truly honored to be up here with you guys yeah. this morning. And so I have the opportunity to talk about what it looks like to be a part of the family of God. Yeah. yeah. And um, I want to give you a picture. If you want to throw this picture up, um, I actually have some of them here. It's my family. This is, yeah, this is my family. Um, wow. It's not everybody. And I don't think the picture is able to get everyone inside the picture. <laughs> yeah. um, but this is my family. We are large. And we're crazy. <laughs> and, and some of the crazy ones happened to drive uh, down to, to Gresham, Oregon this morning. My mom, yeah. my grandma, my grandpa, my auntie, cousins, and yeah. them. Aunties and cousins Woo. and them. Uh, but yeah, that's my family. We are a very, very large, wild bunch of people. Um, and my grandma likes to call us a Heinz 57. Because we got a little bit of everything. We got Vietnamese, yeah. we got black, we got Korean, we got country bumpkin, South Carolina, we got Caribbean. <laughs> we got everything in this family that, that I love dearly. Yeah, go ahead, you can clap. You can clap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we family. And, and, but this picture, even though it's our wedding day, my goodness gracious, my wife looks amazing. <laughs> Uh, and I was a lot, I was probably half the size, too, at this time. I was going to say, you're looking slim. I was probably half the size. But this, <laughs> this picture, though, this, this picture, though, is beautiful. Because to me, when I see this picture, it looks like what the family of God should look like. Yeah. yeah. Multi-generational, multi Go ahead, oh, yeah. yeah, clap it up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Multi-generational. And multi-ethnic, like you have different pieces mm -hmm. to this larger thing that we call family. Yeah. And, and when it comes to family, transitioning, when it comes to family, um, I know the word family for some may have just been like, oh, here we go again. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to talk about family. My family is like the vein of my existence. <laughs> I, like, I don't like family. Family's not good to me right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's many things that come with the connotation of the word family. Right. We, could we could do a whole year-long sermon series on family, the different values and attributes of family. Like you have loyalty, you have respect, mm. you have honor, compassion, all of those things. Um, but I want to highlight three key areas to family that I truly believe that the Lord wants to speak to us this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles or your smartphones, your tablets, whatever you're using today, um, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 
And we're in a park at verse 26 to 27. And, and when you get there, can you say, I have the word of God? Come on. Let's go. Y'all quick with it. Let's go. It's the app. And it'll be on the screen, too, in case if you don't, you don't have that. It'll be on the screen. Yeah. But uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26 to 27. And it says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Yeah. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So my first point when it comes to what the family, looks, or family of God looks like is we care. Say we yeah. care. We, we care. care. Online family in the chat, say we care. We care. Being a part of God's family, it looks like being a part of a family that cares. Mm-hmm. And this text Paul is talking about, before he's talking about being a body of different members and, and we being connected and there's unity and diversity. But this, this particular aspect to, to the body is essential because this, this is how we can demonstrate what it looks like to care in God's yeah. family. And it says if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Yeah. Now, I, I just got my tooth pulled a week ago. And it still hurts, mind you. I mean, I'm a big baby when it comes to dentists. My mom was like, yes, you are. Um, but I got my tooth pulled. And this is how I realized how interconnected the body is. Like, if this thing that I use to chomp on food is missing, everything hurts. My hair hurts that I don't have much. My knees hurt. Everything hurts. Everything hurts. I think that's because you might be old. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> I don't know if that's because you're too. Hey, I'm oh, 30, no. man. I'm 30. <laughs> but everything hurts. But that goes to show how interconnected the body is. Right. We're not meant to be isolated. Yeah. So if one part of the body is hurting, we should all hurt. That's yeah. really good. We should be a community, a body of believers that, that goes into the space of hurting with someone. We should, we should not be yeah. so far removed from mm. people's lives that we don't hurt with them. That's yeah. really good. And on the flip side of that coin, we should celebrate. Like yeah. one of our boys over there, he, he just got back. Oh, yeah. he got, he's married. He's booed up now. Hey, Noah. There he is. Come on, Noah. Booed up. <laughs> a miraculous Ooh. thing at that, too. Yeah. Married. It, it was just a miracle for Noah. But, <laughs> Facts. <laughs> but in that, as a church mm. and as friends, we got to come together and celebrate yeah. what God did. Yeah. And that's what it looks like to be a part of the family of God is not only do we share in the sufferings of our brothers and sister and sisters in Christ, mm-hmm. but we get to celebrate them. Yeah. Yeah. We get to honor them. Like right. We get to sincerely celebrate. Now, but ah, I'm waiting for him to put a ring on my finger. <laughs> you see what they're doing? Yeah. No, we get, to <laughs> we get to sincerely be a part of celebrating yeah. and honoring right. people. Right. Like our, our, our brothers and sister Keisha, and Seth, they had a baby. Like, we got to celebrate yeah. that baby being brought into right. the family of God. Yeah. So we care. That's one tangible way of being a part of the family of God is, is caring. So yeah. we care. Number two is we bear. Say we bear. We, we bear. bear. We're care bears, okay? We're care, bears. <laughs> we care and we bear. Galatians chapter 6. <laughs> Trust me, we laughed probably for an hour and a half. Off we care bear yeah, yeah. <laughs> just wait till his third point oh <laughs> <laughs> this is not like the night am I'm sorry so we bear focusing we bear Galatians chapter six verse two says carry each other's burdens 
And in this, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah. In this, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah. So we should bear one another's burdens. Yeah. Now, reading on in the text, it talks like, we, we, this is a whole another sermon for another time. Like, yeah. we're not going to have false responsibility. Like, where you're not going to yeah. feel falsely responsible for someone's weight. Like, right. you still have to maintain your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is being others focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, is, this is saying, I see you. I love you, yeah. and I want to share in carrying this burden with you. Like, if you're struggling in addiction, I see you, I love you, and I want to come alongside you and restore you to health. Yeah, yeah that's really you're, good. you're struggling financially, I see you, mm-hmm. I love you, and I want to come share this weight with you so we can restore you back to health. Yeah. Like, Scripture tells us, and these are the words from Jesus, like, his yoke is easy, mm-hmm. and his burden is life. Mm, yeah. Notice there's a yoke. Like, there, there means there's some weight to it still. Yeah, that's right? right. There's still some weight attached to it. Yeah. But it's his weight. Yeah. His way. And we get to be in a place of rest. Yeah. Right. And, and God is giving that invitation to us mm-hmm. to rest. And we get to share in, in one another's burdens. And, and one practical way, just, just in a moment, can we, can we be family for a minute? Yeah. Can we yeah. be family? I, I, I want to be vulnerable. Yeah, thank you. We're, we're going to be vulnerable. Um, one practical way that it looks like to bear one another's burdens. Three years ago, um, actually it would be Tuesday, would mark three years of us losing a child. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. in a moment of sheer devastation, in a moment of sheer pain mm. and agony, yeah. the family of God, my, my family, and the family of God shared the burden of grief. Wow. Mm. And they also lived out what Romans 12, 15 teaches us is rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So in a season of of weeping, Mm. the family Mm. of God got to come alongside and represent Jesus to us Mm. in the midst of pain and suffering. And I don't know what that looks like for you. I I, completely off off the rails, but I, I don't know what that looks like for you. But wherever you're at right now in your life and you feel like, man, I don't necessarily feel like I'm cared for. I feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Understand that being a part of the family of God, we're, we're imperfect people. Like, you got the crazy guy up here, hello. <laughs> but you are going to be a part of a family that will not only care mm. about you, care about your family, but will bear yeah. in your yeah. burdens with you. And right. going back to your analogy of the body and your tooth and that, like when the body is healthy, yeah. it heals itself. Yeah. That's right. Right? And so we get to come around wow. as the body of Christ yes. as we strive for health and heal the members mm-hmm. as That's we bear one good. another's burdens. Yeah. That's really good. And on the flip side of that coin, when the body's not healthy, we're all not functioning correctly. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> That's for free. That's, that's for free. That's for free. <laughs> so the last one, and you guys can get a laugh at this, and this is where we're going to have some fun. I'm so glad you're here, Mom and Oma. I'm so glad because I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> but the last point is we share. Say we share. We share. So share. We're, we're care bears that share, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we bear. We care. We share. <laughs> We care, we bear, and we share. Now, when I hear this verse, I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you off the, off the jump. When I hear this verse, I'm going to tell you what it makes me think of. 
it makes me think of my, my mom and my grandma's five pork chops. Mm. <laughs> and I'm so glad you're here because I got a bone to pick with you because I know you want to go to Cracker Barrel after this, but I really <laughs> want some fried pork chops at the house. <laughs> but this verse, mm, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Psalm, Psalm 34a says, taste and see, Jesus, Lord. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Yeah. When I think of this verse, I think of my, again, my, my mom and my grandma's fried pork chops. It's so crispy, juicy, unhealthy, salty mm. meat. My mouth is watering. Yes. Yeah, I didn't eat breakfast yet, so. What's that yes. Mean? But you think of this, this amazing thick hunk of pork tenderloin mm. on your plate, smothered in gravy. Mm. And after church on Sundays, that big old family that you, would, that you saw, we would go to my grandma's house, this little itty-bitty blue house in a cul-de-sac, and we'd pack in there like a bunch of sardines. And we would eat fried pork chops, spaghetti, tacos, special rice, as she calls it, all these different things. I don't know how you have spaghetti and chicken in the same plate. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. But that's what we had. Yeah. But it was an invitation into the family. Mm. An invitation to the table where you get to taste for yourself these pork chops that I'm talking about. Like she'll have like, this this is how crazy, we'll have like exes in the same room, okay? We'll have people that might have some records or something, a little bit crazy (laughs) in in the room. We'll have random people that smell the food, the grease in the air showing up, hey, Mama Rose, I'm here for dinner. Like what what you make today? And like just go to the kitchen and start dishing up their own food. But because they tasted for themselves, it brought them into the family of God. Not only wow. the food, the food is, the food is bomb, don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> but the family is what brought them in. Yeah. yeah, wow. And this is what the love of God looks like. It's far greater than any pork chop you could ever have. <laughs> but once you've tasted the love of Jesus for yourself, yeah. Yeah. once you've encountered a love that you, that you cannot comprehend, once, you, mm. once you've experienced Jesus where he met you in your brokenness, when he met you in your addiction, wow. when he's met you in your yeah. suffering, you cannot keep that Say for that. yourself. That's yeah. right. You want to tell everybody. Like that yeah. picture you see my wife, I swear, like, she's amazing. So I'm like, hey, that's my girl. She's yeah. amazing. I can't keep that to myself. Yeah. Because the love is so real. I've experienced it for myself. Yeah. And that's wow. what it looks like to be a part of God's family, is that the very love that God has had for your life, you get to share yeah. that with other people and invite people into God's family. That's really good. That's Amen. It. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead and pop it up. That's, a, that's an invitation to come and taste and see that the family of God is good, yeah. yeah. right? Taste and see that the family of God is good. We care, we bear, and we share. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're care bear shares. Care bear shares. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Drew, why, why, is this port, why is this important? Like, what happens when we do these things that yeah. we talked about? What happens when we don't do, do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I love that we, we now have defined kind of three characteristics of what the family of God, what, what the family here at East Hill should look like. We, we care, we bear one another's burdens, and we share right. the goodness of God. And, and I think the reason we do that, why we do that, why we do this thing called family together is so that we can live in the generational blessings mm. of God and carry on his work and mission, right? Yeah. So we can live in the generational blessings of God and we can carry on 
his work and the mission of the Father. And, and so each generation is to make room for and pass the baton to the next generation. And each generation is also to honor the generation that came before them and to learn from them. Yeah. And so uh, us as a staff right now, uh, we're going through this material called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Jesus. And it's really good. It's really difficult. <laughs> it's, it's kicking our butts. Yeah. But um, it, it's really good. And, and, and Pete Scazzaro writes in the book, he says, he has this line. He says, the blessings and sins of our families going back two to three generations profoundly impact who we are today. Mm. That's right. right. The blessings and sins of our families going back two to three generations profoundly impact who we are today. Yeah. Right. So uh, uh, that means that the, the, the blessings that I'm walking in today and the sins that I'm walking in today are profoundly going to impact who my kids are and who my grandkids are and who my great grandkids are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So from there, I, wa- I want to take us to a passage of scripture in in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. If you know the story, this is where uh, Moses has led the people out of Egypt, through the wandering through the desert, and it's at the end of his life, and Moses passes away, but before he does, he passes the baton to Joshua. Joshua becomes the leader of the the nation of Israel. And so Moses, Moses is, is gone. He's passed away, and, and Joshua is tasked with leading the Israelites into the promised land yeah. now. And so they're crossing the Jordan River, and God does a miracle, and he, he stops up the water in the Jordan River so that, it, it, again, the Israelite nation crosses over on dry land. So the water stops up, the nation crosses over. There's this miraculous thing that happens. And on the other side, God commands Joshua and the people to create a monument, to gather some stones from the riverbed and, and build this little stack of rocks, this, this monument to remember the things that God did. Wow. Wow. And so more importantly, there's a, there's a verse there in, in verse 7 that says... In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean, tell them, right? Tell them who I am, what I did for you, how I cared for you and provided for you, right? So that's so important. In in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean, tell them. Wow. That's good. So I think it's so important that we understand the significance of the stones, right? Mm -hmm. The stones are so important because they're not just, they're, they are memories of moments when when God showed up and came through. And and as we were talking in our our time of preparation, um, Emmanuel asked me like, um, why do the, why do the stones matter? Why, why, why is it significant that they tell the story of the stones? And, right. and I think it's because you can argue with somebody's theology, mm. right? I can tell you God is good and he cares for you and he uh, will provide and protect and bless you. And, and I might be able to argue with that because I don't have that experience. But yeah. if Emmanuel tells me, this is my story. Yeah. yeah. This is what God did for me. This is where he showed up. This is, this is how he provided for me and cared for my family. And prote- I'm not going to be like, no, he didn't. 
right? Like, yeah. I can't argue with your story, with right. your experience. I might be able to argue theology, but I can't argue your story. That's and so really that's why the, the stones are so important. And that line is so important. When your children ask you, what do the stones mean? Tell them. That's really yeah. good. Right? Tell them. Wow. And so moving forward in the story, fast forward into the book of Judges. Now Joshua is passing away. He, he is his, he dies, and, and in verse 10, it says, After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Mm. And that's very significant because Joshua's generation dies. They pass away, and this was the generation who had experienced so many miracles and provisions of the Lord. They had they had experienced the the tail end of the wandering in the desert and the provision of manna and and all of that and they 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 witnessed and they were a part of the fall of jericho the miraculous fall of jericho and and they witnessed uh, a time where in the midst of battle at the request of joshua the lord made the sun stand still in the sky for an additional 24 hours and there was another story where giant hailstones rained down from heaven and, and and crushed the enemies as, as provision for the Israelite people. And so that whole generation who had experienced all of those miraculous things from the Lord, they all passed away. And another generation grew up after them who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for them. They didn't know the stories, mm. right? They didn't, they, the, the stones were never explained to them. Wow. And so... The very next verse, verse 11, says, Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. Hmm. Wow. And if you, know the, if you know the book of Judges, it goes on, and we see story after story of Israel's disobedience. Story after story in this cyclical pattern of Israel's disobedience, this, the, their sin that leads to oppression and ultimately suffering that has to be time and time again redeemed by God's grace. And how, mu- how many of our, us are thankful for the redemption of God? Yeah. 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 But the cycle was still there. And, and it goes generation after generation, start, story after story with Oth- Othniel, Ehud, Shagmar, Deborah, Gideon, Tola, Jer, Japhath, culminating in the story of Samson. And those are all of the stories throughout the book of Judges. And it's just the same cycle and pattern. And each one begins with, yeah. then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Wow. Right? Yeah. So it's significant then that the, the whole book that's characterized by the cyclical pattern of, of, of doing evil in the eyes of the Lord and then walking into sin and suffering, and uh, it yeah. begins in chapter 2, verse 10, right. with, after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for them. Yeah. Wow. And so the, that generation entered the story without any hope. They entered the story without knowing that there was a God who cared for them and could provide for them and could protect them. And they they entered the story without knowing any better. And they made decisions taking... uh, The book of Judges ends with a line that I think characterizes the whole book saying, and everyone did what was right in their eyes. Mm. Wow. And so... 
they walk themselves right into the cycle of oppression and sin and suffering. Yeah. Mm. And so this is why I think it's so important. This is why it's so important that we are the family of God. Yeah. And this is what makes me excited that we get to be this family who cares for one another and bears one another's burdens and we mm. share the goodness of God. We share the stories of God. Yeah. We, get to, we get to build monuments in our mind, not literal stones in our house, yeah. but monuments <laughs> in our mind, right? Not wow. to worship them, mm-hmm. but so that we don't forget. That's good. So that we can share the stories that will shape the next generation. That's really good. And so I want to do an exercise with you guys, if that's okay. I'm in. Okay. I'm in. I, and I want you guys to participate as well. And online, I would love for you to take a moment, take a little journey with us for a second. Yeah. And I want you to imagine in your mind, think about your story. In the audience, think about your story. Think about where you came from. Think about the decisions that you made growing up that led to pain and suffering and broken hearts and painful consequences. Think about the oppression and sin and suffering that you've endured. And now, I want you to imagine if someone older than you had entered your story, even just a few years older than you, and they entered your story, and they invested in you, and they spent time with you, and they walked through life with you, and they they cared about you, and... And imagine if they had taught you about God and who he was and his character and what promises he has on offer and his way of life. Mm. How, might, how much of the pain of your story might have you avoided if somebody entered your story like that? Wow. And how much of the unavoidable pain in life would you have learned to, to navigate and deal with, with joy and, and peace and patience? Yeah. And how might you have been inspired and encouraged by the stories of God's tangible impact on their lives? Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah. It's so important that we honor and learn from the generation that came before us and the generations that that are above us. It's so important that you love us and you teach us and you shape us and you share your God stories with us. Yeah. And I think our goal as a church family then is this, right? And I was writing this and preparing. I was writing from the perspective of a junior high pastor and, and, and writing about the students and the things that they struggle with and, and that they deal with even in the middle school level. And then as we were talking, I was like, this, these, these struggles transcend yeah. generational gaps, right? They transcend junior high. They transcend high school. Yeah. These are some things that we all struggle with, right? We struggle to make sense of and cope with the pain of life and the pressure of social media and the allure of sex and drugs and we struggle to sort through good advice and bad advice and make decisions and ultimately a lot of us struggle to hear the voice of God and recognize that we've been invited to join a family that loves and cares and bears and shares, right? Um, so the last thing I want to say is that I am a product of, of this house. Yeah. I grew up here, yeah, you right? And, right. And, and because I'm a product of this house, I, I've, I'm blessed to say that my life, though it's not free of pain, has been spared a lot 
of pain and suffering. Yeah. Right? That's good. That's good. That's good. And it's in large part because I've had mentors from this house. Right? I've had people like Mark Beerwagon, who, who, when I was in high school, would get coffee with me and spend time with me and listen to me and love on me and encourage me. And, and he modeled health and submission to Jesus to me. And even though he didn't have all the answers to the questions that I was wrestling with, he was there and he listened and he cared. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And he guided me in the way of Jesus. Wow. So... I think it's so important and, uh, that we remember that the reason that we're a part of this thing called, that we call family, this church family, is so that we can love on, encourage, and, 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 and shape the generations after us and honor wow. the generations who came before us, yeah. right? That we can walk in the generational blessings of God. Yeah. I love, I love how you said also honor the generation that went before us. Yeah. Because it goes both ways. Yeah. You know, not only do we get invested in, but we also honor the generation that went before us. That is key. Yeah. That is huge. I yeah. love that. And you said yesterday we, we invest up and we invest down. Mm. Like we yeah. honor up and we honor down. Yeah. It's, it's both ways, reciprocal. Right. I love that. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the last thing I want to say uh, is that I'm, I'm reading this other book recently, and um, uh, you, you highlighted, you asked me first service, like, um, you said that your story, though, wasn't free of pain, yeah. right? Mm. Like, I avoided a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, but there's still, there's that unavoidable pain that just comes with life. And yeah. in the book I'm reading, John Mark Comer, he, he, he talks about how for the, the he says, the, that verse, come to me, all you who are tired and weary, Right? Um, I have, my, my burden is easy and light, right? Take my yoke yeah. upon you, learn from me, right? Mm. And, and, and John Mark Comer is kind of humorous about it, and he says, isn't it funny that um, Jesus invites those who are tired, those who are weary, come and I'll give you a yoke, right? <laughs> a tool that's used for working, right? <laughs> Hard work at that, right? Yeah. And so it's like, he's, he's like, why, why would Jesus give us a, another tool, another seeming burden, right, that... Uh, but it's actually the kindest thing that Jesus could do for us. Mm. Rather than give us uh, a, a short reprieve, a rest from the, the toil and the pain that is the human experience, right? But instead, he, instead of giving us a short reprieve that we then have to go back to, he gives us a new tool with which to shoulder the burdens of That's life, good. right? He, yeah. he gives us a new way to process pain, right? Yeah. And, a, and a huge part of that is... The family of God. Yeah, that's really good. So, yeah. Amon, we, we've talked about what wow. the family of God looks like, and, and we've talked about um, why it's so important so that we can live in these yeah. continual generational blessings. Yeah. How do we actually do it? That's yeah. a great question. And that's, that's a question that we have all dedicated our lives to accomplish or to answer, yeah. right? Is how do we do this? How do we do yeah. multi-generational family in the year of 2021? And uh, I think it's a lot more simple than we think. And I just want to take a few moments, the last moments of our service, to really just break this down in a way that would be the most practical and applicable way. Can I do that real quick? Is that good? Cool. Yeah, so I, I said earlier I serve as the high school pastor here, and um, my opinion, the best job on this team, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say young adults. Ah, 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, I just loved this age. The high school age is, is so important in the development of all people, and, you know, all of us is, but, but high school is just such a, an awesome time. And one of the things that I've learned while being a high school pastor, especially with, with this generation that's in high school right now, is that they are extremely real. Yeah. They are very real. They can see, you know, that phrase, fake it till you make it? That doesn't really work with them. You know, they, they are like, ah, he's, he's faking it. We can see it. Let's go. And let's they go call back. you on it, And they'll too. call you on it. Like, All Why? the time. You're, you're weird. not okay today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, my bro, bad. get on my business. What the? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're, they're real. They're, they're genuine. They're authentic. But they value authenticity. And it's yep. something that's so refreshing. And, and something that, that I've learned with, with my team and w- from, from trying to disciple and, and learn from and, and, and shepherd and build up high schoolers one of the things that I learned is that high schoolers typically ask three questions, and one of the things through hanging out with, the, with all of you guys on Sunday mornings is that really this, these questions are asked cross-generationally. Yeah. Or every generation asks this question. There, there are three questions. You guys ready? The first question that high schoolers ask their leaders when, when we try to disciple and, and build up and be in their lives, they ask three questions. First one is, do you love me? Second one is, can I trust you? And the third one is, can you help me? Mm-hmm. First one is, do you love That's me? Good. Can I trust you? And can you help me? And it, the funny thing is, it's in that order. Yes. All yeah. right? It is in that order. It's so funny. If I try to come to the high school student and be like, hey, bro, uh, let me tell you how to live your life. They'll be like, who are you? <laughs> Why are you talking to me? Why are you giving me advice about this? You know, there's that, there's that resistance. And it's, just, and it's the same thing with me. When people come up to me who I've never seen at Fred Meyer's and are like, hey, let me tell you how to shop. I'm like, I don't know where you're going to, what advice are you about to give me right now? But every generation is the same thing. They ask those three questions. And, yeah. and the, the first two are so important. And it's defined and summed up in this term called relational equity, yeah. relational equity. And, and I just want to take a few moments to talk about what that looks like. How do we do that? And we could see that, honestly, because I want to see a generation more, that looks a lot like the story of Andrew and yeah. Mark Beerwagon. I want to see that replicate. I want to see stories with Scott Stone, who was my youth pastor, invested in me, and Amon says, I want to see that all over our generation. And, and I want to see more stories like the Apostle Paul and Timothy, yeah. See, the, the Apostle Paul is obviously the guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, apostle of, of, uh, of the, the early church, and Timothy is a superintendent at the time of the church of Ephesus, so he is also a, a high-caliber leader and a young man. And, and naturally, you know, they're, they're in the same social sphere, but Paul interacts with Timothy in a way that's, that's not new. I've seen it before. Yeah but is so unique and so special. So check yeah. this out. In the, in the letter that Paul wrote to Timothy the second time, 2 Timothy, look at how he starts the message. This is before, before Paul told him anything, before Paul gave him any advice, this is what Paul told Timothy. Check this out. Uh, it's going to be on the screen. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 says this. Paul talking to Timothy, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as day and night. Look at this. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Yeah. Ooh, verse 4 is about to tear me up. <laughs> Recalling your tears, I long to see you. Look at this. So that I may be filled with joy. Wow. Yeah. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois 
and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Yeah. And you see that generational blessing of yeah. faith that you were talking about earlier, yeah. that generational faith that goes down and gets passed on. You see that? From grandma to mother to son. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And in that, though, I thought it was so important because you see something very genuine and, and it answers the first question. So if you're taking note, write down, write down this point. Number one, how do, answer the question again, how do we accomplish multi-generational Family starts with this, loving people genuinely. That's good. We love mm -hmm. people genuinely. Again, Gen Z, they can tell when you're trying yeah. to, when you're loving them just for a show. Yeah. They can tell when you're loving them. They can tell when you're treating them like a project and not mm. a person. Ooh. Ooh, I'm going there. They can tell when, <laughs> when you are just someone to be tolerated instead of a person to be loved. Mm. And isn't that real? Because we can all tell, can't we? Yeah. I can tell when someone's coming up to me and they're like, oh, they're just loving me because of X, or they're yeah. just loving me because of Y. Yeah. You can tell, you can see the difference, but when someone comes and like, bro, you just want to hang out with me? Yeah. You just like having me around? You, you just want to, you, your joy is fulfilled when you hang out with me. You really do love me. That's the type of love that we are to be loving other people. Right? And we can see that again in, in, first, in first Samuel chapter 12 when, when Samuel's describing God, and God he, he, it says this, he, that he is pleased to call us his own. Yeah. He is pleased, some translations say, that he is delighted to call us his children. Mm. I don't know about you, but that makes me feel like God actually likes me. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest. Yeah. I, I feel like God doesn't just tolerate me, but he actually yeah. enjoys having me around. Yeah. Right? How many of you th are thankful that we serve a God who's not just tolerating us, mm. who's not just loving us so that we can fulfill a task? See, God isn't loving me so I can do high school ministry. Yeah. God is loving me because he delights to call me his child. And oh, it's the same so way with you. God doesn't love you to fulfill a task. He loves you on, because pastor. he delights yeah. to call you his Come own. On, yeah. He delights that. <laughs> Jeez. Me off. I'm a hot boy. Wow. But it's real. It's real. And this is, this is the start of every relationship. It starts with love. Yeah. It starts with love. It doesn't start with your two cents. Starts with love. Sounds yeah. good. And we can see that more going on, and that leads me to, to our point number two. But flip the page. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be in chapter three of, of 2 Timothy. Chapter three of 2 Timothy is going to be on the stage as well, or on the screen. Uh, read how Paul also talks to Timothy in this. Verse 10, it says, You, however, know all of my teachings, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, love, endurance, Persecution, hold up. <laughs> Sufferings, oh Jesus. <laughs> what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Econom, and Lystria? The persecutions I adored, yet the Lord rescued me through it all. And this leads me to point number two. And how do we accomplish multi-generational family is you invite people into your life. Yeah. You invite people into your life. And this is so fun because we don't have to pretend to be someone we're not. Yeah. yeah. Right? I love sneakers. I love shopping. Okay? And yeah. what I'm going to do with my high school students is I'm going to take them sneaker and clothes shopping with me. <laughs> okay? So we got to answer this question. What do you love? Yeah. What do you enjoy? What are yeah. your hobbies? What's your passion? What are you good at? You get to invite people into your way of life. Mm -hmm. And in that, being inviting them into who you are. Yeah. You know? And in that, but not only in our good, not only when I get, you know, good stuff happening, not only in my successes, but also I get to show them my suffering. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a hard one, church. Because hmm. I, I don't want to show everybody my suffering. Yeah. I don't want to put my life on that, on that platform. I don't want people to see my failures. But see, what's important about showing people your failures, what's important about showing people your suffering and what didn't work out in your life, what that does is it, it builds trust. Yeah. It does. Why? Because trust is built through vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. Trust is built through vulnerability. The reason why I trust these guys so much is because they tell me everything yeah. about their life. And, that, and vice versa. It's because mm-hmm. I share everything in my life. And the next generation, the generation that went before us, you guys have lived more life than the younger generation. And you get to be like, okay, hey, you know, I see you're handling relationships. Let me tell you about the relationship that didn't work out for me. Yeah. Let me tell you what I did wrong. Yeah. Let me tell you how I learned from it. And, and, and teaching them that in the, where, where it says in Proverbs where the wise man learns from the, from the mistakes of others, you get to be like, hey, I, I, I want you to see how I do my budget. Because I remember being 21 years old and not knowing how to do budget, <laughs> spending $55 on McDonald's on a Tuesday night, thinking that that's okay. <laughs> now you're in debt. Let me show you how to budget, okay? So you get to do that. You get to show them like, hey, this is how I failed. I'm not perfect. It's okay not to be perfect. Yeah. But there's progression here. There's a way, and invite them into your way of life. I guarantee you, if you love them well and genuinely, and you invite them into your life, that is how you build relational equity. But that's not it. How many, how many under 30 people we have in the house? If you're under the Come age on. of 30, make some noise. Come on. <laughs> Let's Where y'all go. at? That whole section. The YA section. It's all the young Let's go. right there. <laughs> hey, this is, this is another key thing, okay? Because I'm a huge fan. I'm an advocate of calling the generation before me to invest in me, but we got to do our part, Yeah. okay? We got to do our part. We have to seek after the wisdom of the generation that went before us. Mm-hmm. We have to seek it out. See, my favorite quote right now is, uh, the phone line works both ways. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, why haven't you called me? I'm like, I don't know. Do you lose my number? Yeah. Why don't you call me? <laughs> it goes both ways. But it's the same thing with investment. It's the same yeah. thing with, with building other people. It's the same thing. You, you, the phone line goes both ways. So what, I, what we have to do as a young generation is we have to pursue the old generation. We have to pursue the generation that went before us because they have wisdom, mm-hmm. they have life experience, yeah. they've had more, more time with God than we have. Yeah. They have so much that they can offer us and it would be a waste yeah. to let them walk right out the doors of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a waste, yeah. you know? And, and we, I can, th- we can learn from both their failures and their successes. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's, that's the big thing, I remember, you know, with your parents, Deanna and Roger Hayworth, I'd, I'd show up to their house for, um, you know, for, for Financial Peace University, nine weeks of all that, you know, and that's their way of investing in me. But I remember also having to chase after Pastor Keith. I remember my senior year of college, I was like, oh man, I was stressed as all can be. I was trying to figure out my life and I was like, I don't know what to do. And I found out Keith was coming back in town and I met him previously before, but I was like, Keith, please. Oh, God, hang out with me. I need an hour. I need 20 minutes. Can we do coffee? I'll pick you up and do your laundry. Can we just, I need any minute to spend some time with you because I need to learn from your perspective. Yeah. Help me see the way that you see. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You have to pursue. You have to reach after. You have to ask for help because the clo- closed mouth doesn't get fed. You have yeah. to reach toward yeah. the generation that went before yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's good. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing about that, like, when it comes with being that, in that relationship with the generation ahead of us, like Pastor Keith and Coco will pop, mom and pop, they, pop. they modeled that to us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they model what it looks like to invite people in their space. Like we could, I, I used to live next to them, 
but yeah. just randomly yeah. show up at their house with Sep and Keisha, like, hey, yeah. what's for dinner? Right. Right? But exactly. that comes from, hey, we're all, we want you in our space and right. we're willing to be vulnerable right. on the good times and the bad times. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's huge. That's, that's the big piece. And, you know, and that leads us to our last step. It, once you have loved people well, once you have invited them into your life, then you get to do the third thing. And this is the most important thing. And this is the thing that we all are excited to do. And, and that's point number three. Write this down is build people up. You build people up. Mm-hmm. Because we're not, we're not just sitting aside and, and, and taking and, and receiving and that's it, but you also have to build people up, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's in accordance to the Word of God. That's in submission to what, what the Lord says in the Word of God. But we get to build people up. And, and let me tell you that this place where we build people up, this is where lives start to change. This is where that generational curse that Andrew was talking about that's when this gets to be broken, is when we as a generation that went before get to go behind and say, you know, I remember making that mistake. I don't want to see you make that mistake. This is how, oh, I, let me provide you a better alternative. I see you, how you handle your anger. Maybe don't punch the wall. Maybe, maybe see what Jesus does. Yeah. See his way of life. See his peace. And you get to point people not only to your life and your method of, of how you won, but you get to say, look, this is how Jesus healed me. Yeah. This is how the generational curse ended. Mm-hmm. It's through what God has done with me, and that's when, that's when you get to share the stones, and that's when you get to build people up. Yeah. It's huge. It's our calling. It's what we're called to do. We're called to invest. We're called to invite. And I believe that, that we are called to do what Jesus did and make disciples of every nation. And we can't do that, guys. We can't do that without love. We can't. It starts with love. It starts with genuine, I just like having you around kind of love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It starts with, with an invitation of like, man, I know you've never been fishing. I don't even know if you're down to fish, but I like to fish. You want to come hang out with me? Yeah. yeah. It starts with inviting people in your life and being genuine. Life's too short to be fake people. Yeah. It really is. It's too short not to be yourself. And in that, let's love people with a whole heart and a clear mind, knowing that God has called us to do this. And let's do that genuinely. And uh, as we close, I just wanted to, you know, I felt after yesterday we were praying and, and, and talking about today, and we feel that there are people here today who, when you hear the word family, a bitter taste comes to your mind. Yeah. When you hear the word family, you're not like, you're not like, you're like this, that's not a caring environment for me. That's not a place that shares the burden. In fact, that is the burden. Yeah. When I hear family, that, that's not a place that shares with me, no. But I, I, I do believe that God wants to rewrite that story for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So good. That God has a family for you to be a part of, where God as the Father can welcome you, delighted to call you his own. That you can be a part of a family of brothers and sisters, of aunties, uncles spiritually, sons and daughters spiritually, that will love you and care for you and, and bear the burdens of life with you. I believe it. I believe it. So if everybody could stand up with me if you're able to. I just want to take some time and, and, and pray about this and, and, and re- respond to this. So I believe that there's some people here today who, who, who've been turned off to the idea of family. And I believe that today that the Lord is calling you back home. Mm, yeah. I believe today that God is calling you to be a part of a family, a family that's bigger than yourself, a family that heals, a family yeah. that restores I believe that God is calling you to be his very own, his one and only, his son, his daughter. 
I believe that God is calling you home. And I just want to extend the invitation. I want to pray with, with you if that's you. I want to, I want to pray with you and, and invite you to be a part of the family. And online, if that's you as well, I want to invite you to be a part of the family. Yeah. And with that, if that's you, with every head bow and eye closed, if that's you, would you just slip up your hand and wave it at me? If that's you, would you just whip in the chat, just put in the chat, I, I want to be a part of this family. Or to put in the chat, family. Put in the chat, family, if that's you. If that's you here in the house, you want to raise your hand, slip your hand. You mean that? Yeah? Make sure your hand's up. I, I want to see you. Give me, give me your eyes. If that's you, make sure you look at me. Is that, you mean that? Do you mean that? You mean that back there? Yeah? Do you mean that? Jesus. Back there with the glasses, you mean that? Hey, you can put your, your hands down and, hey, if, if I looked at you and, and if I talked to you in a second, I just want you to do something bold and brave. See, I wanna pray with you, with, with me and my, my brothers. We, we want to pray with you in this time. So if that's you, if you rose your hand and if you're like, you know, that's me, I, I wanna be a part of this family. Would you do something so bold and meet, meet us right here at the altar? Meet us right here, and we're going to come down and pray with you. Go ahead and give him a hand. Come on, it's a brave thing to do. Yeah. This ain't easy. I'm going to meet y'all down. Make some room, make some room. Got my student over down. Wow. Wow. Amen. Amen. Wow. Yeah. Just want y'all to know y'all got another brother in me. Y'all got a family. Y'all got a family. God has a family for you, and it's right here. So brothers and sisters on your right and on your left. See, God isn't mad at you. He's not mad. He doesn't just tolerate you. He doesn't, he, 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 he delights. He is pleased to call you his child. He is pleased in it. So I don't know what lie you've heard. I don't know what story you believed in. But God's love for you goes deeper than anything I've ever seen in my life. It's more genuine. It's more real. God loves you so much. So much so that he's inviting you to the table right now to be a part of the family. Amen. As, as Pastor Keith likes to say, it's allergies. <laughs> and I have allergies right now. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. My heart is overwhelmed with so much joy. So much. Because I get to welcome you to the family. You get to belong to the family of God. You belong to the family of God. And here's the beautiful thing about God's family. That there's nothing you can do to earn God's love. There's grace. Nothing. There's grace for you. There's nothing. No, no, how on your best day, even on your worst day. 
There's nothing you can do to earn the approval of the Father's love. And today, you said yes to God's family. And as, and as brothers and sisters here, we say welcome. So we're going to pray. And all of you out here, I want you to extend your hand. And we're going to pray. And, and, and as I'm praying, I want you to pray in your own words, you declaring Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior, as your own Father. But we're going to pray as a family and welcome you into the family of God. Amen. So, Father, I just want to say thank you right now that you're redefining the meaning of family for someone. Yeah. That in this moment, they now belong to the family of God, where there's freedom, forgiveness, grace, mercy, unconditional love in the family of God. And no matter how far we've tried to run, if we're the family member that tries to say, you know, I can do things on my own, I'm going to distance myself. God has brought you back into the family of God this morning. So, Jesus, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would meet them in this space. You would meet them in this space of God saying, I I'm giving you a shot. I'm taking a step of faith. I, I want to be a part of this family. And today is a day that they get to be a part of a family that cares, that bears, and that shares the goodness of God. And also in this moment, that generational curses. Yes, Jesus. Begin to break off right now in the name of yes, Jesus. God. We can clap it up. This, in this moment, stepping into God's family for somebody, I don't, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've been through. But in this moment, you saying yes to Jesus. You saying yes to him. Yeah. You're changing the trajectory for your family. Yeah. Yes. yeah. All, anything that you've done, God has said, I still love you. Yeah. And that because, Andrew was talking about the generational blessings. Because of your declaration of faith, that impacts generation yeah. and generation and generation. Yeah. Amen. So receive that. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you've been through, but but the Lord loves you, sister. Yeah. He loves you so much. Amen. God, clap it up for me. Amen. Wow. This is amazing. So we have a lot of new family members yeah. in the household of God. And I want to charge all of us with this, that we now have a responsibility to come alongside our family. Yeah. That they no longer can live isolated. They, they took the courage and said, you know, I'm stepping into the family, so we have to be family yeah. that receives them and come alongside yeah. them and bear, share, and, and care. Care bears, amen? amen? But I know we have a lot of people. We have a team of people yeah. ready to receive you on this side. Yeah. But I want you to follow my brother Bob, and he got some people over there, and they yeah. want to come alongside you, love you, and welcome you to the family. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Mm. And, and, 
while they, while they are maneuvering over there to be prayed for, the rest of the family, I'm so excited. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of something that God is doing here at East Hill Church is he's beginning to shape this family who loves one another and who cares for one another. We bear each other's burdens and we share not only the goodness of God, but we share our struggles and our successes and our wins and, and, and we help shape the generations after us and we honor and learn from the generations that came before us. That's what the Lord wants to do in this house. And so part of that, I want to encourage you guys this morning, we are doing this thing called get in the game. Out in the foyer this morning, there's going to be people out there to explain opportunities for you to get plugged into the family, to share the experiences that you have, the, the talents, the gifts, the skills that you have. They're going to be out there with iPads, and, and we would love for you to get connected if the Lord is prompting you to do so, to serve in one of our ministries, be it junior high, high school, kid zone, kid city, marriage ministry, encore, right? We would love for you to come and get plugged in and be a part of that and give back and, and, and to help shape and honor the generations before and after. But I also, so I really, I would love for you guys to spend some time, linger in the foyer after service and, and get connected. But I also want you to feel like, I don't want you to feel like the only way to serve is in official ministry roles, right? If, if the Lord has put somebody on your heart, if there's a niece, a nephew, a cousin, uh, a, a neighbor kid, uh, somebody in your family, somebody in your neighborhood that the Lord has put on your heart to begin to invest in and teach and share your God stories with. Be empowered, be encouraged to do so. Take ownership of that and, and become the spiritual mother, father, aunt, uncle, cousin that, that we need this family to be. So in close, family, I want to encourage you, as Keith always says, invest in people and invite them. Invite them into our family. Invite them into your family. Invite them to be a part of this. So church, we love you so much. Thank you for coming and have a great Sunday.